have about a minute before we're officially live. People can hear us, but they can't see us. Icky. So no incriminating chatter. Only nice things. <laughs> All right. Let me get over to Twitch. Well, as my as my folks always said, if you can't say anything well, nice, my, as my folks always said, if you can't say anything well, nice, my, can't say anything. Sorry, I was getting an echo there for a second. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think I think when I brought up the Twitch chat to our our uh, frame, it, it wasn't muted initially. I heard you say <laughs> your parents told you not to say anything nice like five times or a few times or something. Yeah, <laughs> that's too, good though. Too, that's I'm a good honest. that's a good thing to reiterate. Actually, you know. <laughs> Just trying to pop out the chat myself. Mister Fine, for those that don't know better. Windows lined up. All right, we are officially live. Now it might take hey might take a little moment uh, for me to get the chat going. I do want to incorporate, uh, you know, the live chat in with what we're doing. Um, so while I get that set up, oh, and I see like like I said during the beginning, I see PWB is uh, is in the chat. I really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, if you uh, while I while I try to work on this chat situation, why don't you just do a, a little introduction to yourself, and then I'll kind of explain what the deep dive thing is here. But uh, but yeah, everybody watching, let's uh let's get a little breakdown of Phil Harker Smith. Sure, sure. Hi. Um. Yeah, I'm Phil. Um. On Twitter, you can find me at Scruff. That's S K K R U F. Uh, and I am one quarter of Baby Beard Media. So we are a bunch of Adelaide-based. Uh, Adelaide, Australia-based uh, actors, comedians, uh, directors, producers, um, and we we make all sorts of gaming content um, from Let's Plays to tabletop RPG content. And our tabletop RPG content uh, is mainly our flagship show, which is a show called Roll to Cast. And we do a different season. We do a different game every season with an original story uh, and a, a brand new soundtrack. Uh, as well and we've done all sorts of games so we've done cyberpunk 2020 we've done uh, vampire the masquerade our third season was cyberpunk red it was actually the we had the honor of being the first ever season of uh, first ever campaign of cyberpunk red as uh, rtg gave us the rules a little bit early to um to get that out for you guys uh, and we're currently in a pulp cthulhu season as well next up we got kids on bikes and we also get around and, and guest in other people's RPGs. We're currently playing our um, campaign characters from Roll to Cast in John John the Wise's game, where he's continued our unique set setting of Heaven, which is like an anarchist skyscraper in Night City. So, yeah, we um, we get around. Um, we, well, yeah, I, we try to do as much RPG stuff as we can. Yeah, and I was lucky enough to have the origin story for Sprocket, Ellen's character. I was excited about that. Yeah, that's that. right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love doing crossover uh, uh, role play like I did it with Wandering DM. and um, It's rad, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then when I hit up Ellen and we were kind of like, oh, let's do it. Let's do a little crossover and have fun. And she came up with the idea like, oh, maybe this could be like Sprocket's origin story. Like when she first got into like her first mission and that's what got her into it. And then she headed off to heaven or whatever. That's really cool. So I love shit Yeah, like I that. love the shared <laughs> universe thing. Yeah, and yeah. And the, the project I'm working on at the moment that I'm most excited about is I got asked by um, oh, yeah. Jay Gray of Artos Games and Sirenscape to run a weekly game for eight weeks 
on the Sirenscape YouTube channel. And if you're not familiar with, with Sirenscape, it's a wicked little program where you can do soundscapes and um, music and sound effects live for your players as you GM. It's a really powerful tool, and they're doing some cyberpunk uh, red sound sets, which I know uh, my friend has, has uh, been involved in. Uh, my friend here has been involved in putting his own tracks down, which is awesome. And they wanted to show these off, so they did a. They started running a cyberpunk red game, which they asked me to to write a campaign for and DM. So that happens on Thursday nights uh, American time on the Sirenscape YouTube channel. It's called Animal Limb. It's got the most amazing cast of like wonderful creators from the RPG sphere, and I'm having an absolute blast doing that. So all the vods are up if you guys want to go back and check it out or tune in live on on Thursday evenings for this really cool, really role play focused. Um, uh, uh, Cyberpunk Red campaign, and as you're saying, you know, it, ca it carries on this kind of like ongoing crossover universe thing that we've got got going, where you know the characters all kind of center around this this place called Heaven, and there's like shared stories and stuff. So it's really exciting, enjoying that. Oh yeah, yeah, I've been having a lot of fun watching. I've been tuning in and checking it out. Um, and yeah, I see you in the chat, man. Thank you for supporting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're doing an awesome job, um, and everybody playing too. Not just you; players are doing good too. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. Everyone should check it out. And just to give another shout out to Sirenscape, they are an official sponsor of Cyberpunk Uncensored. Um, I run that for all my live gameplay, and I even run it for some of the series I do. Like we do, uh, me and Phil, we do the GM Roundtable the second Saturday of every month. We bring in different GMs and such, and um, and I like to kind of like put some noises back there. I do my Night City. Um, uh, Night City uh, live uh, uh, series about all Night City things and it, again in there we put city sounds and now we're doing the deep dive series um, I've done one on Netrunners one on the tech and I've had different guests in check those out on the Cyberpunk Uncensored YouTube those are VOD'd over there um, but this episode of deep dive is about the med tech and obviously bringing in mm -hmm. Phil Harker Smith and um, that being said I'm going to hop over here to Sirenscape and just get some med tech sounds going just for our background because they do have a, uh, a whole ripper dock and med tech sound set there. Um, yeah, so that, nice, that, nice. yeah, that'll give us a little something something in the background for people. I, I just love Sirenscape, whether it's gameplay or shit like this, it just adds so much yeah. flavor, you know. Um, oh, yeah, and we were doing we've been doing this stuff in in post, so our, our podcast is a, is a post edited, we record, then we edit, and we add in music and sound effects. And the ability to do it live now is just unparalleled. So good. Oh, yeah. Awesome. And everybody in chat, thanks for coming in early. I see Renegade in there. Yes. Um, yeah, and you subbed, man. Really appreciate that. Um, uh, Renegade also plays in my monthly ongoing with uh, uh, Tara Bella Pondsmith and uh, Steve from Sirenscape. And uh, Tara Bella is a bit of a, a monster combat-wise. Oh, she's a badass. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, she yeah. plays this little tiny girl solo that's got all these body mods and just she's so stacked and just she has like a body of eleven. Um, she's had to go through so much therapy just to be normal, <laughs> but she's all about. She's not. She doesn't work for uh, Mitsuko, does she? No. Danger girl. <laughs> she could get recruited. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and I see my, my beautiful wife Valerie in the chat too, who plays Raven in our weekly ongoing. Um, however, yeah, our weekly, just so anybody knows, we do our weekly ongoing on Wednesdays, 6 p.m., but this, this week um, we're actually not doing it. Um, me and Val, we have a little filmmaking project. We're actually going to be going and showing with Tommy Chong again. Um, I don't know if anybody knows, but I'm involved in filmmaking. I'm a producer, director, writer, actor, and so is my wife. And um, we're good friends with Tommy Chong, and we've done different uh, uh, events with him, with Taurus coming and showing with him. and. Um, when I was performing live, I'm good friends with his son and, and their whole family. But 
Uh, he was in my puppet show. I'm getting him in some other film stuff. But Wednesday, we're going to go hang out with him. I haven't seen him in over a year because of the whole quarantine thing. And um, yeah, we're going to postpone the live stream. I'm going to go chill with Tommy Chong. And maybe I'll post some live stream of hanging out with him or some videos of that. So if anybody's into that, tune in and check it out. Um, but yeah, let's dive in. Let's dive into the med tech. So yeah. before we go into this, let me say uh, this is not going to be about the uh, role ability. Uh, okay, it's not going to be about medicine and the med tech and, and you know the crunch and the mechanics of it. If you want that, I have I have a whole med tech breakdown series, uh, crash course, uh, tutorial series on the Cyberpunk Uncensored YouTube, all about Cyberpunk Red. You can check out the med tech, get all the crunch and the details. This is going to be mm. more about style. This is going to be about the like the yeah. life path, archetypes, recommended stats and skills. So anybody watching, that's what's up. If you want to know about the mechanics, check out that other shit. Uh, what were you going to say, Phil? We might just touch briefly on, on where you want to put your your specializations without getting into the points. Oh, yeah, Because yeah. medtech is one of those great roles where you have a, quite a lot of uh, leeway in where you put your specialization points. Mm -hmm. So we will touch on like which which kind of archetype you want to go for, whether it's you know surgery or pharmaceuticals. But yeah, like I said, go into the crunch video for the real deep yeah, dive yeah. stuff. Exactly. So that being said, uh, let me just give a brief description here, you know, straight from the book, but you know, uh, med techs are unsanctioned street doctors and cyberware medics patching up meat and metal alike. Um, so yeah, whether dealing with cyberware or real meat, uh, you know, they're, they're the support there. They're the ones healing you. Now there's all different angles that this can be done. Uh, like Phil said, there's specifics on how you can drop your points and what type of med tech will get there. But let's start with the life path. One thing about Cyberpunk Red, they have that really deep, elaborate life path system. And, uh, and then aside from that, just the general life path system, you know, each individual role has its own tables and, you know, life path system, which is so badass. So that's what I want to focus on. Let's, let's get into the med tech specific life path. And Phil, if you want to kind of just take it chart for chart, line for line, and we'll kind of just dive yeah, into these ideas. Let's, let's get in there. So... It starts with a big question, obviously. What kind of medtech are you? And this is where everything else is going to sort of branch on the base. You're going to have everything on top of. And they've got 10 really nice options here. So we start off with surgeon. All right, so we've got basic surgeon. You, you know, doing all the, the, the deep dive gritty stuff, getting in there and, and fixing people's innards. Uh, or the general practitioner. You know, you still got the, apparently you still got the doctor you go to weekly. Got a sniffle got a cold you're treating gangers and boosters alike you know or maybe you're you're treating you're you live in a lovely exact compound you know and the the rich folk come to you to to work out what's wrong with their son you know i love uh, i love that idea too like how you just you, you already angled that into options and i love that how like you know, yeah general practitioner but yeah truly like there can be details within that like are you the, mm. the guy handling the basic shit like a family physician but are you doing it like in the combat zone or in the corporate zone or like you know it can totally be yeah. different. <laughs> I love this. That's a great idea. You know, there's someone who, who runs like this this free or nearly free clinic in the combat zone for underserved people, you know, and you're just doing it out of the goodness of your heart. That sounds, that sounds a really like awesome that. kind of origin story. You've got trauma medics, you know, you, you, you're on the on the front lines, whether you're in the in the army or you're just doing it for your gang or your friends. Um, psychiatrist. Uh, obviously, we live in a traumatic time in, in red. Um Cyber psychotherapist uh, for people who've really gone over the edge. Um, like Tara Bella Pondsmith. Yeah, that's right. Like her character. There are, you know, <laughs> I like the way that they have, you know, put a path back for people from that. You're not just a write off. 
Yeah. Uh, and there are rules around therapy. You can read up on therapy and be like, that's what you want to do. And you want to be part of the solution to people who've kind of started to dissociate. You can totally build your your um, your med tech around that. Then you've got the absolute classic, the Ripper Doc. Everyone knows and loves the Ripper Doc, the person who puts in, takes out, and repairs your cyberware. Cryo Systems Operator. This is sort of like a um, an extension of the trauma medic, uh, the person who, who just sticks you in a bag, freezes you, and gets you off the battlefield, uh, and then sticks you in, in, in a tank so you can heal up and get straight back into the action. Uh, Cryo Systems got this really great kind of niche where they accelerate the, he- the natural healing, which can be quite slow. Um, it just relies on your, your natural healing abilities. A pharmacist, both illicit and, and therapeutic. Um, several options there. Body sculptor. So, you know, this is a very specialist surgeon. In, in red, uh, uh, in cyberpunk, your body sculpting is uh, extremely uh, versatile and um, virtually undetectable. So the way people mostly figure out that you're a body sculptor is uh, you being body sculptors, you just look gorgeous. You're too good looking. Uh, and, and people are like, mm, yeah, prob- probably a sculpt job. Um, you know, probably going to be servicing the more rich clients if you're a body sculptor, but who knows? There are vain gangers out there, poser gangers as well, who want to oh, yeah. all look a certain way, all want to look like Elvis or, or Marilyn Monroe or whoever. You know, you maybe you make a, a dime, um, you know, getting crazy poser gangs, the right look. And then finally, we've got the forensic pathologist. So, you, you know, doctor, you're Dr. House of the world, right? You're your person who is hunting down uh, uh, viruses or, or strange infections, bacteria, um, which can be a very cool plot line, I think. You know, and if you're a GM and you're your um, player dives down that route then you can definitely go into a sort of like a a modern plague kind of style storyline and give them lots of challenges based on based on that particular archetype so you got a really wide range of just to begin with already you got this really wide range of potential uh, ideas just in this one 10 part table and even inside these there are all these different options as well Exactly. And that's what I love about it is like even within those and like like you said earlier about the general practitioner, just as an example, it's like they have all these, I don't know, directions you can kind of go as being a specialist in these fields or different things. But even within those, there's different ways you can play it, you know, so it's just I don't know. I love it. It feels so rich and deep. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just like the idea that, um, you know, medicine is a very kind of exclusive field in our day. It's very hard to become a medic. But in red, it's a bit more accessible. It's a bit more of a technical job. Uh, you can sort of teach yourself to learn to learn a cryo system or read up on CityNet and and be kind of self-taught, which is really cool. Which means really opens up your origins. Oh yeah, I love it, and I think that uh, that forensic pathologist. I, I like the idea of. Um, like, like you mentioned about house or whatever, but uh, mm. but I love the idea of uh, you know from a GM point of view, you can really get into like you said some some like designer plagues or like maybe some government conspiracy thing like infecting people in the combat zone or this corp versus this corp or like I don't know there can be like some infecting crops yeah there's all kind of like yeah. twists with that I don't know just I, I don't know, I like that number ten a lot <laughs> sounds fun oh, yeah I think. 
I think um, it would be really great to kind of base a campaign around that around that kind of I, idea of number ten. Yeah, I think sure. Psychiatrist Two. You know, number four, Psychiatrist. That one sounds really interesting to me too because I don't think I've ever seen anybody play it that way. Like, I think mm. you know how interesting to have a med tech that like has an office where like. You know, people are coming in regularly and laying on the couch and pouring out their emotions, but it leads to you kind of learning about uh, different corrupt things happening or whatever. I don't know. I could see it leading into things. Maybe someone Maybe else it's is, the way you... Yeah, and maybe someone's flexing on you for that info, too. Like, you know, I can see it mm. different angles that you could kind of, I don't know, flex that creative muscle. Um, but psychiatrist sounds really interesting. Maybe it's, maybe it's the way you pick up, you know, jobs for your crew. <laughs> Yeah, people come spill their guts, and then you're like, oh, "I can right, fix guys, that. Uh... I can fix that with more yeah. than just words. I have a team that can <laughs> help you with right. that. You know, like." <laughs> but yeah, once you get and as we say, you know, red's a dark time. You know, a lot of people are living in slums and containers and and stuff, trying to put their lives back together. Psychologist is really a good person to have have around. Um, and if you're a GM who loves to like get into the individual like little stories and texture of the world, people living in the combat zones or trying to eke out an existence having a psychologist kind of throw these weekly npcs in really cool um kind of flavor uh, invitation there as well yeah like even even this conversation makes me want like since i don't have one in any of the teams i'm running right now it makes me want to create an npc psychiatrist that i can incorporate and do some of these things because just this conversation i don't know it's making me think of really fun ideas that's <laughs> what's so good about these tables um we can, we can move on to um whether you you partnered up or not as well yeah yeah once you get you know you figure out what type you know you decide or, or you know do you have a partner or do you work alone in which case then you go to one of two tables well, we always end up at your workspace, whether you got a partner or not. But your it's partner, true. they've got six. We've got six options here for for ideas of who your partner might be. A trauma team group. Um, you know, you can run a whole game as a trauma team group. You know, you've got your solos enforcing. You got maybe you got nomad flying the truck, uh, flying your AV, um, or maybe you know it's your side gig and your your crew are separate from that. An old friend. I mean, you can go anywhere with that one. Um, possible romantic partner as well uh, a bit of uh, a bit of tension you can add in there maybe it's one of the other characters that's really cool family member family business again lots of propositions here about who who is um who your partner is uh secret partner with the mob or gang connections um and then secret partner with corporate connections so there's lots of kind of ways of there's prompts here for for how your work connects to your life essentially whether it's family, whether it's your crew, whether it's corporations, loads of good options. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, an interesting thing to point out here too for players, you know, whether GMs or players, but I, I would lean more on a player to kind of decide their angle of their partner. But I like the fact it says, you know, secret partner with mob or gang or secret partner with corporate connections. Now, does that mean secret to the public? Does that mean secret you know, within the corp, like you're not registered and not really working for them. But you're, is it is it a secret to your own team? That could be fun. You know, maybe mm. it's something you work out with the GM and there's side things that come in, but unless the players pick up on where it's coming from, it's something that you're doing downtime in between that's dragging in, and then it can become a main focal point eventually, or it could be uncovered by other players. But I think there's a lot of, I don't know, interesting angles you can play when, when you hear, you know, secret partner. It doesn't, it doesn't just have to yeah. be face value, like the partner's a secret. Think of all the different ways that, that that could be a secret. I think that's interesting. 
everyone's trying to make their hustle as well, you know. So if you've oh, yeah. got a connection to the corporate world, you know, that's something you're going to hold very close to your chest. Um, Renegade's talking about how, having two different kinds of medtech uh, in the game at the same time, which can be really cool to see the contrast between them. You've got like a surgery um, and, and then... Um, someone specializing in pharmacy as well with chemistry so you know you, your chemistry you can make your own drugs you can really follow that archetype of you know the lab doctor cooking things up rather than the uh, the steady hands um you know exactly. on the operating table and you know having those those two diametrically opposed in the same game um is really great um i haven't seen that many campaigns yet with um with like multiple of the same role yeah. I'd like to see more of that. It'd be really cool. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of that, too, till now Renegade mentioned it, you know, and now thinking about it. Yeah, I could see... I, I find that interesting, you know, having the same roles, but like you said, different ways to play that so it makes sense. Because um, I've thought of that, you know, on a, on a lawman sort of way, you know, where it's like yeah. a, a team fighting crime or doing things maybe, and they're all different divisions of the law or whatever or of that team. Um, but I like that angle, that med tech option. I think that, that could be a lot of fun. And I do want to point out, like, because they do mention too, um, you know, when it says about your partner, you know, a trauma team group. And see, that's where that could kind of play in too. Like, if you have multiple med techs and they're in a trauma team group and doing different types of med techs. But I also want to mention, what the hell's wrong with REO Meat Wagon? Why has it always got to be trauma team? <laughs> no one ever shouts out <laughs> REO Meat Wagon. You notice that? <laughs> Trauma Team's got the name, man. I know, it does sound cooler. It's all about, it's all about market capitalization, <laughs> it's true. man. I still <laughs> like meat it. Wagon. Let me call the meat wagon. <laughs> it's funny. Um, so now we go to a little bit of your, your, your workspace stuff, uh, what that looks like. Uh, and again, there are some, these are just little prompts to kind of build the detail from, I feel like. So you've got sterilized daily in the morning, like clockwork. Uh, so yeah, very precise, uh, care deeply about the, the part, the, uh, your, your workspace around you. It's not state-of-the-art anymore, but it's comfortable to you. Um, your cryo equipment is also used to cool drinks, which is what my Mantech does. She's 72. Uh, she doesn't uh, give a toss anymore. <laughs> uh, everything possible is single-use and stored compacted until needed. I really like this idea of like a pop-up clinic. Maybe it's in the back of your Nomad's RV or something. It's kitted out and it's literally just like, it all pulls out from any which way, drops out from the bed or a drawer under the sink. It's really cool. And you just you just drive in your armored RV, like help people out and then, and then go out of the hot zone again. Um, not as clean as many of your patients may have hoped. <laughs> Like you, you try and then meticulously organized sharpened and sterilized so there's a little bit of crossover in these yeah. but they basically give you a nice kind of uh, base to start from do are you rough and ready are you self-taught are you just trying to kind of put it together do when people walk in to get get care from you do they go okay sure i don't have any other options so i guess you'll do or are they sort of amazed at how how professional you managed to keep it in the time of the red? Um, and I think, you know, as, as it is today, your workspace says a lot about you, you know, and, and how characters react to to your workspace. Uh, there's a lot of good role-playing opportunities there. Well, and I think you, you just tapped into something, too, that's very important. You know, this is the time of red. And anyone who's familiar with that lore, I mean, hell, it's, it's a filthy fucking time. You know, there's like... 
just nuclear fallout, debris and shit everywhere, reconstruction, everyone finally getting back, and then you got blood rains happening often, and like, yeah, in order to keep a sterilized workspace or that type of environment as a med tech, it says a lot. Um, and I do feel like, you know, a little bit of crossover um, when you when I when I read number one and number six because it's like that sterilized mm -hmm. daily in the morning like clockwork. But number six to me is like number one, but like on steroids or acid or something or just you know a crazy version of. I feel like number one that sterilized daily in the morning like clockwork is, you know, a really sharp med tech that like keeps everything meticulous. He has to be on schedule. So he's doing that every morning like clockwork. But then other things he do, I imagine, are like clockwork or like, you know, I don't know, done right, I guess. Not wrong, not, not haphazardly. But number six, the fact that it says meticulously organized, sharpened and sterilized, but doesn't say, you know, in the morning like clockwork. I feel like, I don't know, for me, I interpret that as like it's all the time. Like they're almost OCD style with it because they're meticulously organized, sharpened and sterilized. Yeah. It just seems like You're they're... Getting Intense. It's the difference between professionalism and obsession. I think. There you go. Well um, put. Yeah. So, are you are you professional? Are you clean cut, or are you just a little bit too much? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I love those. I think I think if it was for me, because um, I've never played a, a med tech, um, and I haven't dove into those specifics. We have one on our team. Um, we've done some life path stuff, but but for me, I would probably find more fun in that number six. Um, because I think I would try to play him very OCD and, and almost a little, mm. little over the top. I think that might be kind of fun. <laughs> might annoy the other players, but it'd be fun for me, I guess, you know. Um, so next page, and if you're following along with the, with the rule book with us, this is page 61, with a, a great piece of art here, uh, uh, by Hello Pranzo. Uh, we're showing like someone's home clinic with the arcade cabinet off to one side, which I love. Oh, yeah. uh, they got the, you know their dream car on the back wall and just you know they're set up there. Uh, and the next the next section is um, uh, who are your main clients? Uh, again, there's six options here: local fixers who send you clients. Um, pretty pretty solid all around uh, option for for all sorts of classes uh, roles to have a fixer sort you out local gangers who also protect your work area or home in exchange for medical help a little bit of exchange happening uh, corporate execs who use you for black project medical work which can tie into your sort of like secret partner stuff um, local solos or other combat types who use you for medical help uh, again if you're a sort of trauma specialist uh, you could have very particular clientele who who know that you not only do good work but you're kitched them about it as well and then uh, local nomads or fixers who bring you wounded clients. It's kind of like the, the one, but it uh, gives you a bit more of a scope to kind of work on the fringes of the city as well. And then trauma team paramedical work. You know, if you have a day job, if you have a contract with, with trauma team and, and you work shifts uh, in the AVs, uh, it's a really, again, a really fun way to base a campaign. And again, no mention of REO Meatwagon, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> Those poor guys, those poor bastards. They're trying. They're trying. I'm trying to think of the equivalent. Uh... I know. I was too. I was too. So I was just like, poor <laughs> bastards. They're trying. I was hoping I could think of like, you know, like name brand and not name brand version. Like, yeah, that's right. The like like, version. like yeah. McDonald's and McDowell's on like Coming to America movie. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> but yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So yeah, you have any have any points on those? Do you 
Do you know where you'd go? Yeah, I think, yeah, for me, you know, I think any of those sound really fun. I think, you know, as far as uh, GM, I always prefer, like, you know, local fixer, probably, over Mm. solos or nomads or even gangers, because I feel like if you're going solo, you know, it's very combat style, right? If you go nomad, you know what nomads are doing. I like the nomads and fixers, you know, it does have that, but I feel like that's, I don't know. I, I I like the fixer aspect because I'm always a fan of a fixer. That's one of my favorite roles. I mean, obviously, but um, but I like the fact that that could be good or bad. You know, like uh, it, good and bad people, all motivations. You know, moral motivations. Hire fixers. You need them, uh, whether it's sourcing items and materials or hot, getting the right hire um, information. You know, the whole networking aspect. So I think I don't know that. To me, that seems the most diverse. Um, mm. But but again, it could lean into the local nomads and fixers as well, because then you also got the nomad option. But but to me, like I said, I think solo nomad it's too um, narrow. I mean, you can do anything with it, obviously. But nomads are very focused on travel and transport and the source aspect, right? And solos are very combat focused and things. Uh, gangers are always, you know, they have their motivations, whether it's like the dealing in drugs or crime syndicate style poser or booster or whatever. But like I said, fixers. They almost seem like they're they're the they're the true neutral neutral, if you will. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. Personally, I like to humanize the gangs a little bit more. I think I think that people join gangs for a sense of safety and security. I think That's people true. don't necessarily want to get in there just to be violent or, or or run drugs or something. I think that you know probably comes in later when people try to make ends meet. So I think you know just because you're a local gang doesn't mean are you serving local gangs you're serving just complete psychotic bastards you know i think uh, it can be really fun to to if you well, are there's like good gangs too. Local you're right gammas, yeah you know yeah there are good gangs as yeah. well as vigilante gangs as well that kind of keep people safe and i think that's a really cool angle to have that you know you can you again you can if that's like an angle you want to go as a gm you can um you can humanize the gangs a bit more by having their, their clients come and come and talk to to your character and maybe they you know your players have one attitude about them and then when you see the struggles that the, these people have maybe they have a young family and they're in the gang just for for protection for them or, or whatever reasons they have it can really add a bit of nuance to it and you know this is this can be just where they make their hustle as well this can be separate from where their crew is so you might be making your scratch serving the local solos whenever they get shot but your crew does something else, right? And you, you you hooked up with your crew through a different means, and and you do kind of specialist work for them in a different way. Maybe you're rift doc for them rather than a trauma team, uh, rather than a, like a trauma medic, or you go on you, you go on jobs for them or something like that. You know. Um, so yeah, I feel like you can either have this as central, or you can have it as a backup as well. You can have it as a background as well. Yeah. No, and Karen, uh, like Karen here in the chat says, follow the sounds of shooting to get there before trauma team. I like that. It, it's almost <laughs> like, you know, those lawyers that are in traffic, like chasing the ambulance to the accident. You know what I mean? So they can yeah, like. It's give... in reference to REO Meatwagon being ambulance chasers. Exactly. Yeah. That's, what I, that's what I'm feeling. Yeah. I'm feeling that like REO Meatwagon. They're so desperate. They're like, I heard gunshots. Shit, let's get there before trauma team. <laughs> quick, quick. They're handing out cards. <laughs> They're like, you know, we can help too. A little bit cheaper. Uh, and then you get you get crossfire, your trauma team versus meat wagon on the street, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Smokin says, uh, uh, 
uh, where is it? Where I, oh, Big Mac and the Big Mick. <laughs> yeah, Dan, now I want to watch <laughs> Coming to America again. Yeah, me too. That shit's hilarious. Yeah, and actually the guy, uh, Amos, the, the actor, what's his name, John, or uh, the guy who plays the dad um, who runs uh, McDonald's, not McDonald's or whatever, um, he's actually in a film me and Valor are uh, doing production design for uh, coming up in May. Um, so that's going to be cool. I'm going mm. to get to meet him and get some pictures with awesome. him and shit. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, nice. Uh, and Vlad, Vlad's here saying um, there's a conversation in Shadowrung Hong Kong, great game, uh, about how fixers are really key in, in as middlemen because they vet people and they make sure that, that the people who, who you're getting work from or you're doing work for don't betray you. You know, they vouch for people. And that's really important. I think um, that's yeah. really good when you look at this main client idea, uh, the less kind of vetting you have, the less kind of connections you have and you're working directly with people, the more kind of dangerous situations you're putting yourself in. And then that's fodder for your GM or the GM, you as a GM yeah. to introduce complications, right? Person can't pay, how are they gonna pay you? Or they want you to do a particular, uh, you know, rip a dock job, but they don't give you the details. And when you get there, it's not something you wanna do or they put you in danger. There's loads of stuff there exactly. if you're not working through a fixer for extra complication. Yeah, all kinds of great plot twists. And then obviously that you always have the option of, uh, you know, twisting it up and, and, and just making it corrupt because it is cyberpunk, you know, like you can, you can trust people, everything can go well, but it, at the drop of a hat, you know, maybe someone else pays a little more and, so, you know, it's worth it for them to kind of turn you out or give you up for, for that, that money. So things can always take a nice twist. Um, but I agree. I think uh, fixers, again, like they're one of my favorites, but they've all, they're always a great... I don't know, root source for any direction you want to go for a gigs and shit, just because they're, they have those options. If you don't have one in the player crew, it's almost essential you have one as an NPC. Oh, yeah. Um, essentially, as a go-between. It's very, very handy for opening parts of the world. Especially we'll about supply. Sorry, Gary. I think you were just going to say it. I was going to say, especially red, because of the whole, you need a fixer supply chain shit. I think you were just saying mm -hmm. that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going to go into how you get your supplies now, because obviously things aren't as easy as just ordering online or going down to your medical supply warehouse. Uh, you, you, you've got to find your own stuff. So the six ways they suggest are scavenge, scavenge stashes of medical supplies you find in, a, in abandoned city zones. Try saying that three times fast. I know. That one's a rough one. Yeah, so I feel like this goes this goes for a lot of uh, a lot of roles. Um, there are there are you know lots of good missions to go on and stuff, one shots and stuff about scavenging runs in in parts of the city that haven't been rebuilt yet. Uh, we got strip parts from bodies after firefights. We got more of the ambulance chasing. It's more of a yeah. more of a uh, a battlefield uh, you know scavenger. You know, you, you, you trawl the combat zone and you're just like, ooh, this person had some medical supplies it just, on them. You know, you it pick, just sounds pick up so much, sounds so much like REO Meatwagon. Sorry, again, I'm going to yeah, plug them. Right. <laughs> Keep going back. Screw this, screw this trauma team game. We've got to have a Meatwagon game. Yeah, it's great. for real. Um, <laughs> uh, have a local fixer bring you supplies in exchange for medical work. And again, this is an invitation to establish an NPC relationship or a character relationship with another player. Corporate execs or trauma team supply you with stuff in exchange for your service. Again, there's no free lunch. You've got to have a give and take. And then, obviously, you can have complications come through that. An exec who wants you to do something you don't want to do. That sort of thing. Uh, you have a backdoor into a few corporate or, uh, into a few corporate or hospital warehouses. 
Um, so yeah, there are one or two hospitals still operating and obviously everyone's trying to make scratch. So yeah, maybe you have a little bit of a, a back door. But that sort of thing can be tenuous. Uh, if your contact goes dark, gets killed, um, decides they don't want to do it anymore, you might have to scramble to get your supplies at that point. It can make you a bit more precarious if you're relying on under the table stuff. Uh, you hit the night markets and score deals wherever you can, which is really cool. The flavor of the night markets. Uh, we just had one in out and limb. Um, turned out to be, we used the table, it turned out to be a weapons and armor and survival gear uh, night market. But the night markets and this idea that that rather than everything being centralized through corporations, um, you know, fixers and whoever, nomads, will just put together these like impromptu kind of uh, bazaars where you can get anything and everything. It's really, really cool. They make great episodes, great sessions to have a night market. It's not just like going shopping in D&D, although that can be fun as well, obviously not to disparage D&D, um, there's loads of encounters and fun stuff that can happen at these night markets. So that's a really good option to have to introduce little episodes and things that happen, haggling, people who approach you while you're out in public, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think that's probably the, the scavenged stashes of medical supplies you find in abandoned cities and, uh, and you hit the night markets to score deals whenever you can. Those two are my favorite. Um, probably coming from a GM point of view, I, again, I feel like, you know, un unless I would go with the local fixer because of the diversity, but I feel that they lead um, to the most options, at least, because whether I want it to involve an NPC, a corp, a general information they find out, or whatever it is, um, I feel like there's just, it's just so open when I think of scavenging stashes of medical supplies, like he's like, abandoned parts of the city, out in the Badlands, you know, a uh, uh, a safe room or something in some other ripper dock or medical place or whatever. I just feel like scavenging leaves for so many options and so many possible encounters mm -hmm. too while you're doing that. And and same with the yeah. night markets. I feel like, you know, like you said, there's so many fun things that can go down there. Um, and sometimes it's not as simple as you go there. It's what they have in stock and you buy it. But maybe it's the mingling and like, oh, this is what you want. Okay, well, actually, like, I do know where you can source this and go talk to my buddy over here. And, you know, uh, next Wednesday and he'll point you in the right direction. I'll set it up and here, you know, it can always well, that's be more complicated. You know? Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, that's exclusive. I only do that. I only sell that to people who, yeah. who, who do stuff for me. How about you do this job for me and then I'll open up more of my inventory to you. You exactly. know, I have to know that I trust you first. The stuff's in, in, in low supply. Um, so there's a little dis discussion going on at, at the moment about how you handle uh, 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 like materials, like especially when you're like producing pharmaceuticals and stuff. And this carries over into the tech role as well, where if you're fabricating or upgrading, you need to have like a certain amount of eddies worth of supplies to make stuff. And I think there's definitely a couple of different approaches. My approach is I'm very role playing focused and I kind of try to move this campaign along. And I tend to, to hand wave my stuff away like that. If you have eddies in the bank, I'll just burn 200 of your resources and say, hey, look, you, you have a regular supplier. That's okay. You burn that to make your meds, you know, or if, if it's contentious about whether you still have that amount, we'll do some sort of role for it, whether it's local knowledge or, or something, you know, persuasion or something to see if you can get hold of that supplier if it's in short supply. Uh, or other people love to do like more meticulous games where you track each of your resources and you know you have to take real good care of how much ammo you have or resources you have that kind of thing it's really down to style and detail you want to play as how do you run that sort of thing oh yeah no i think uh with me i i, I love 
You know, I think it, it definitely uh, directly correlates to the plot at hand, you know, whatever campaign I'm doing. And I'm, I'm like you, you know, I might just streamline that, you know, like, hey, you've got the money, you have access to these general, you know, I don't want to say generic, but these sort of, uh, you, you know, supplies that's required to do within your uh, specific role ability, you know, like making those pharmaceuticals. Now, if it's not directly correlated to the plot and I just want to streamline and get back to the main shit and it's just part of them using it, I can make that its own side arc. Like you said, it could be like, all right, you want to do that, but you're actually running low on supplies. You know, you've made some stuff over the past months. You've got to get more of this. And your, your normal hookup for that is actually out of town or he's not answering his phone or, mm. um, you know, you usually go to this place to go get it. But when you get there, it's not the, not the normal people running the place that have been there and they're kind of looking at you weird. And I don't know, there's so many different ways that you can play that. Um, if you want to go yeah. that route, but I'm, I'm with you. I think that um, thus far, in fact, you know, with the med tech I have, I haven't gone on an arc for that. It's all always been streamlined and kind of within it because anytime it's been there, it's been uh, within, uh, you know, a, a pretty hard campaign or a deep plot, I guess I should say, to where like I don't want to pull on that arc just yet. I'm allowing her to make it. Uh, she's playing a med tech aerial in our weekly ongoing and then continue on with the, with the plot at hand. But like I said, that's not to say that I don't love the idea of setting off on these side arcs just to, to source mm. a little bit of material or something if you want to, you know? I think that can be fun. I do love the reaction players have when, when you say you, you can't do something or you, 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 right. it's difficult to do something. You expect them to go, oh, that's, you know, you tell people they can't have something, they, you know, usually they're like, oh, God, that's annoying. But in a, a role-playing game, you know, that's the beginning of a story. You're like, right. you some, oh, you, you guys out of town, you're going to have to go somewhere else. I'm like, oh, okay cool where can i go and you can see the kind of the light bulb turn on when they realize that they have to actually kind of think outside the box and stuff that's exactly. really cool I, because I you're not saying can't going, really you're you know yeah. you're, you're saying can't but you're like you know you gotta you gotta be a creative thinker here you know because yes there's no definitive like no or yes or whatever it's supposed to be kind of like the real world you're role playing and it should be just as dynamic so i, I love that uh that too you know like when something's not just so easy in face value as the player expects. Like, oh, I just want to do that and get that done. Okay, cool. Back over here. Well, wait now. That didn't go down that smooth. You know, this little wrench that's in the right. works. Now you got to think a little. And I think that's that's fun. Yeah, we have... We, uh, so I have this, this principle. So everyone's heard of yes and from the idea of improv. You say yes, and then you go and, and you build and. on top. But also there's a... Uh, I think there's a no but, which is just just as useful... You can say, can I get this? No. But. but if you do this, you might be able to. And I think that's a really good way of keeping play open and keeping it flowing. I love that. Um, and that's true, too. Uh, let, and let me interject right there. Not that this is specific to med tech, but general tip in role playing, because you kind of tapped into that, is like, yeah, sometimes you, you, you kind of want to um, give a little bit of direction. You know, you want that full open world, full player agency by all means. But sometimes you might want to give that little but. Because if you just say no, maybe at face value, a player might not think into that and go, ah, shit, that sucks. Okay, moving on. And you don't want him to do that. You want him to, yeah, it's a no, but I'm not saying no, really. I'm saying, let's think about this. Let's be creative, mm. you know? And I think that's where it's important. That but is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? It's a yeah, principle I, I live by. Um, this this the end of the, the MedTech-specific light path stuff. Um, but I did just want to, like, without going too much of tangent, I think it's... It, it, it raises an interesting question. I think that um, uh, a lot of the stuff that we do online for, for kind of public consumption 
is it's kind of entertainment focused it's often very narratively driven right it's often very kind of cinematic and, and it follows that kind of structure and and i think it skews that way just kind of out of necessity but that's not to say that you know these games which are sandbox games i think lend themselves really really super well to red um, but you're probably not going to see that many sandbox games as kind of online uh, public examples so don't you know if you want to run a sandbox game and you want to track all the supplies and stuff do it it's a really fun way to play and don't take the fact that maybe not that many people are doing it online as a, as a signal that it's not not a legitimate way to play because it totally is right yeah 100 percent. i do that with with ammo too you know I'll, I'll i won't track or be such a you know I don't know, stickler for that or beyond it, but I do tell my players, like, as you do it, you know, just make your mark on bullets you're doing. When you know you need to reload, just let me know as the GM. That way I'm not tracking those specific numbers. I feel it's that way with the supplies, too. Like, as a GM, and like you said, streaming, you just want to flow, be be more theatrical and more for the stream and yeah. for the fans and viewers and people trying to enjoy it. Um, but that, like you said, that's not to say that that's not, an, you know, an avid part of the role-playing uh, you know the, the game itself. You know uh, it's, it's yeah. fun to track that shit and to go on those side arcs and make it have that depth and in the reality of that shit. You know it feels more immersive to me. Like when you you feel like you're running out of things here and here and you've got to resupply. It just it's not magical. Nothing is just appearing in there and you just keep going. You know it. it you feel the pressure that way and I like that. But yeah, with the live stream, sometimes yeah. you, you streamline that shit and you just kind of brush over some of those little things because. It can it can slow things down and clog up the system, so to speak. You know, when you're mm. streaming. But yeah, we, we hit the uh, life path. Let's dive into, uh, you know, and and let me say to the chat, if anybody has any ideas they want to interject about something that we covered already, go ahead and do it. We have no problem backtracking and re-talking about something or whatever. If you have something creative to say oh, or a yeah. question, but we are going to move forward right here from life path to different archetypes. Uh, maybe some examples from movies, TV shows, things like that, but just basically different ways you can play a med tech. Like, you know, like when I talk about trauma team, what about REO meat wagon? You know, that's something to think about. Maybe <laughs> instead of the typical, like everybody knows trauma team, maybe you want to be a med tech and you work for the underdog. You work for the one that everyone laughs at or people don't recognize the brand or something. I don't know. Or you're, you're an ambulance chaser. Mm. There can be an, you know, a weird way to play a med tech. That, the, other, the only other thing I, I wanted to mention um, one of my favorite examples in recent times in film and, and, and stuff, and um, I've been talking about it online. We have that huge extensive list on the Cyberpunk Uncensored group. It's up to like a hundred and something titles of movies and series, all cyberpunk-based. But uh, one of my more recent favorite ones is Hotel Artemis. I don't know if anyone has seen that, but Jodie Foster plays a nurse, and this hospital is basically in a combat zone, and it's very fucking cyberpunk. If you haven't seen it, Hotel Artemis, it's on Amazon Prime, I believe. For it looking cool so yeah i'll check that out yeah definitely look that up uh uh it's awesome she plays uh, med tech and it's just like a ripper doc spot it feels like combat mm. zone oh netflix it's on netflix to uh, renegade oh, it's on netflix sweet great yeah i saw Actually, it on amazon netflix and oz yeah yeah check that out Art, Art, hotel artemis but that's the one that's we'll the main do. one i wanted to mention um because like uh it to me that's that film screams cyberpunk and she is uh, a ripper doc it is just so perfect and the way they play it her security the gate the people that visit i don't want to get into it because i want to give away the movie it's great um but wow watch it if, if you like med and cyberpunk holy shit that's a great movie 
I think, you know, you've, you said Ripper Dock a couple of times. I think that's a great place to start. I think the Ripper Dock is an archetype that people really, really know from Cyberpunk, right? So one big element of Cyberpunk is your cybernetic implants. It's this transhumanism. It's a thing that people are really excited about, whether they have a pop-up shield or a tech scanner, whether they have a lie detector in their head or or chipware that, that gives them, you know, skill points or whatever. There's so many cool things to do with implants and stuff. And if you build a Ripper Dock, then, you know, you are at the the, the, the pulse of, of that kind of trade in the city, both sourcing stuff, installing it, uh, you know, getting it for yourself and stuff like that. And, you know, I don't think it's any, any coincidence that one of the first people you meet in the 2077 game is Vic, the Ripper Dock, right? And they give you some implants, a new eye and, and a dermal grip, right? Because that is, that is the hallmark of Cyberpunk this man and machine meshing and i think a lot of people will want to want to be there they want to be the person who who handles that stuff um but you know there's no one size fits all in terms of ripper dogs someone mentioned in the chat earlier fingers so you got vic on one hand who you know yeah his his clinic's in a basement but he's pretty professional and then you you go you go visit fingers clinic later on and he's this strung out guy in in fishnets and his place looks like a bordello you know um, there's there's Ripperdox and there's Ripperdox. Yeah, exactly. No, there, yeah, even within the title itself, there's just so so many ways you can play it. Um, and one of the things I like to bring up too, like within that, is you know straight or corrupt. That's the other thing too, because you know you have these options if you're working for a fixer, or a gang, a solo nomad and fixer. You know, maybe a corporation. Maybe you're with Trauma Team. Maybe you're with Ario Meatwagon. Let's not knock those guys. We'll mention <laughs> them again. But uh, but regardless of how you do that, we're being paid by them. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're an official sponsor of Cyberpunk Uncensored. <laughs> but um, but no, I, I think it's interesting to kind of put a twist on it if you're a player. You know, you can play it straight, or you can play it corrupt, and I think that's kind of interesting. I don't see a lot of players do that. I kind of talked about that on my tech deep dive a little, just kind of a, a twist way to play that tech, and I'm going to say it here with the med tech as well. Like, think about the fact that as a med tech, you can fix people, but you can also maybe. Um, corrupt that you like you know may maybe you're healing someone but you're also injecting them with some designer plague or something that then you're going to extort them for a cure maybe there's a corp that you're working with um, that you're going to sell that information or whatever you're doing with them to help as a med tech to their competitor there's always that aspect in cyberpunk that I think as a player um, you expect it from NPCs, but you don't put it on yourself as much. And I think that's a fun dynamic. You don't always have to be good or bad. You can kind of be this dynamic, twisted, like, multi-level thinker that's just as fucking, uh, um, I don't want to say paranoid, I don't know the word, but just as uh, crazy as cyberpunk should be. I don't know if that's the right way to word it. But yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's dark, dystopian Someone future. A convoluted set of morals, right? There you go. Yeah, compromised yeah. in some way. Um, Rue makes a good point here in the chat about um, you know a medical professional who who goes and and scabs spare parts from bodies, right? Implants and stuff. Uh, right. And funnily enough, that you know there are rules in the trauma team section of read about what happens when you hack off bits of cyberware. Um, you have to repair it afterwards, but they have considered that this is something that people will want to go and do. That they will hack off bits of bits of people and 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 sell them on or or, or repurpose them for yeah. their community, say. And that's another thing, right? It's not black and white. Maybe you, you go, okay, you go in battlefields and you, you in the combat zone, you hack people's arms and limbs off. You're a terrible person. 
But what if you're doing that for your underserved community, these people who who need therapeutic cyberware? That's great. The you Robin know, Hood the of cyberware. Exactly <laughs> right. Um, and and as you say, like, are you corrupt or are you straight? It can be, you know, both. Uh, it can be great as a GM. Yeah, it can be both. <laughs> but you both. It can be great as a GM to see push players and ask them questions about how far they will go for certain things, and you just push it and push it and push it and see how corrupt they become mm -hmm. in service of their ideals right and i think you know people's lives are on the line when you're a med tech so it can be a really emotional hook for for you to to kind of int introduce those questions for a med tech oh yeah yeah and i see Vl vlad in the chat whatever happened to the hippocratic oath just kidding yeah i think that that <laughs> ended in tw after 2020 i think after the fourth corporate war That's maybe right. i don't know somewhere in there maybe in 1988 actually when cyberpunk first um, that was done but um but no, the other thing too. Well, like this idea of a formally trained doctor, right? Maybe you started with a, with a, a corporation. Maybe that's how you got your training. You've got lots of points in education, you, deduction, uh, and you're a you're a surgeon or something. And you started out as as like a properly trained doctor, like you'd see today. And then maybe now you're an edge runner because you got disillusioned with the corporation you worked for, or they they screwed you over or something. Oh, yeah. You know that well, that idea of a exactly this idea of a professional you know you don't have to just be like self-taught you know street doctor you can you can come from a different kind of area and move that way it's another cool archetype to use oh yeah yeah and i think um it's also kind of cool uh you know the whole pharmaceutical aspect like you know whether you're yes. as, as a med tech if you're going to really push the surgery side you know the pharmaceutical cryotank side which is still under that same medical within that rollability again not going to get into the crunch of the details check out that crash course it's on our cyberpunk uncensored youtube if you want to learn about those details but within those pharmaceuticals without getting into exactly how they they work i think it's interesting that that can also kind of determine the angle of way you know the type of med tech you are like for instance say you're a med tech in, in an edge runner team you know any one of these but just for the sake of this conversation, you're in a typical edge runner team with like solo, nomad, net runner, whatever, you know what I mean? And you're the med tech. Are you the med tech that like has no fucking weapons and you're like, I don't believe in hurting or killing people. I just want to mm. heal and I make speed heals and I'm all about my surgery and paramedic uh, skills and I'm just, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a healer in and out, top to bottom. I'm all about that. Or are you more into like, I'm helping my combat teams like, and I'm gonna get into recommended stats and skills and you can play this any way, but my point here with pharmaceuticals are, instead of my speed heal and looking at those skills and stats, maybe you're more into the combat side and you're like, I make my uh, non-addictive stims and my things so all my, my rest of my team can all increase their reflex or whatever, or get, you know what I mean? Be more combat uh, heavy or whatever. So I think that's interesting maybe too. Maybe you're an obsessive. And you love that drug that means you don't have to sleep for a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, exactly. You get the That's point. Like, cool I think far, well, yeah, within the pharmaceuticals, it's almost like within all the options, there are paths you can take to be different, a different type of med tech, depending on how you want to play that out, you know? That's one of my favorite things about, about med tech is that when you take your, your say, four ranks at, at creation, there's a whole bunch of options inside those, um, which you can which you can you can toy with i really like this idea of of the pharmaceutical based med tech as well um there's a lot of cool archetypes with crazy drugs and, and lots of cool very subpunk stories and characters that are all to do with you know better living through chemistry um uh, he's more of a media type but you know spider jerusalem 
all about his crazy um, medical uh, uh, drugs and stuff, you know, altered states, all that kind of thing. And obviously there's a whole bunch of street drugs as well available in, in Red, and they're not covered by pharmaceutical, but it doesn't mean you can't integrate them into your character, give yourself chemistry, and then, you know, actually make black lace, make blue glass, all this other stuff, you know, and that ties into this idea of how corrupt are you? Are you making scratch selling street drugs so you can buy medical supplies to help people, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah, and I think, uh, you know, we can, we can dive into the recommended stats and skills because we're already kind of crossing over into that, and I think it's important mm. um, to kind of dive into that. I mean, because we know all the different archetypes and, like, we kind of discussed there with the straight or corrupt and what was that there is kind of one that i think is worth mentioning is like maybe like an ex uh ex army medic or something like a veteran who's oh, come yeah. from the armed forces maybe you know southbound wars a long time ago or, or more recently corporate wars or something and maybe you were trained in the military and you have that kind of you, you have that kind of disciplined mindset and like maybe you're trying to kind of integrate into civilian life that's another kind of cool like type you can take the kind of trauma medic down as well oh yeah yeah, I like that a lot. And also, you know, that can also lean into some potential multi-classing, depending on where you're starting with your GM, if, you know, you're allowed to kind of backstory some of that, if it's an interesting campaign you're starting, or something you work towards. Um, I think that's that's a really cool thing. Uh, uh, for me, with multi-classing, uh, I'm always like, fuck, uh, regardless of what I'm doing for combat-style things, it's always like one of the techs, whether tech, med tech, or Netrunner, like those are always to me like the other things you want in your hand if you're also combative with like a slow, uh, low number of teammates and shit, and you're all trying to multi-class, multi-task things, you know. Um, but no, I think that's a great one, oh. one to mention. Yeah. Wanna have a look at some some skills and stats? Yeah, yeah. Let's dive into uh, recommended stats and skills. And again, anyone in chat, feel free. You know, if you want to comment on something we already covered, we have no problem backtracking after we kind of go over recommended stats and skills. We'll dive into chat if you have any specific questions, and we'll kind of take you know end it right about there. But, um, but yeah, what do you think as far as stats? I mean, obviously tech, you know, it's going to be the first. Tech is going to be a big one, right? Yeah, exactly. For me, other than tech, um, I'll just knock mine out quick and then explain how you feel about it all. But obviously, tech number one being a med tech. You know, I, I mentioned in the tech uh, deep dive. I'll mention it in the med tech deep dive here. I think there's a couple roles where I'll actually recommend luck, and med tech is it. Tech is it. I think the tech things are very um, more useful with that luck shit because they're always, they always tend to be saving the day. You know, they're either healing yes. a teammate that's about to die or like, in a, like when I mentioned in tech, you know, they're the ones picking the lock or fixing the thing or whatever if the net runner can't hack. So I feel with med tech, it's that same vibe. They're one of those roles. Luck could be very important. Other than that, I think will is a great one because of your healing aspect and just the humanity side of things you do. Um, but how do you things feel about you that? Things you stay as well. Oh, Great point. Great point. Um, because that is a, yeah. a, a part of Cyberpunk Red. You're not just losing, you're not just uh, losing humanity points from cyberware. You can also be psychologically fucked up from things you see and experience. You know. Uh, but what do you think about yeah. recommended stats for medtech? So I think technical is going to be obviously it's going to be uh, it's an easy pick for your number one stack. It covers all the things like uh, medical tech skill, uh, which is derived from where you put your specializations. Uh, your cyber tech, which if you're going to be a ripper doc. Uh, it's going to be really important um, and all that sort of thing. Uh, electronics and stuff, if you want to repair your own uh, your own kind of uh, gear that you carry around, there's always going to be a big one. Int is really good um, because of things like education. Deduction. And of things like deduction. Deduction's really good if you're playing like a particular kind of diagnostic doctor. Mm -hmm. 
um, uh, they can be really good to do complicated diagnosis both on on like cyberware malfunctions and and like medical mysteries that sort of thing uh, I like designer <laughs> plagues and stuff having having deductions really handy for that sort of thing they mention i think in the skills list where in you know, under deduction medical diagnosis so that's really key um uh someone's saying um <laughs> decks for brawling so you can keep your patients down <laughs> <laughs> right but that's it makes me fun, think yeah. like ha having a high body so you can like carry people off the battlefield you can actually that's just like, put people over your shoulder and like just carry them away so that's really good too um uh a, a lot of the stuff uh I think I think uh, there's also that that there's room for cool and stuff. You might have uh, people being, um, uh, you know, your patients might all not be completely compliant. That's true. Uh, they're in pain. And, they're and not you, listening. They're that's right. You know, you're trying to you fix them to... and they're freaking out or something. Similar with you know things like empathy as well. You might, especially if you're going down the idea of being uh, like a therapeutic doctor, whether it's uh, cyber psychotherapy or just just uh, psychiatry in general for the trauma that people suffer you're going to need a ton of empathy to to treat people in that way and and to understand what their problems are and and help them uh, in a meaningful way um, and then you know we were talking about a lot of stuff to do with you know how you get your supplies um, maybe you're going to need uh, cool and 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 empathy to persuade people to give you a discount or tell you where you can get stuff or do a good trade with you. So there's there's definitely room for secondary stats uh, options for sure. And that's a great point too, like with that whole persuasion thing and being able to have you know uh, um, you know read people their uh, uh, what is it uh, you know this conversation uh, human uh, what's the word the the skill I'm looking for in my mind human. human perception human per uh, yeah there's all those things that can come into play because let's not forget a med tech, just like a tech, there's a few of these roles where you rely on, on uh, supplies to do what you need to do. And like, like Phil just said, um, you might have to sort, you know, buy those supplies or get them and, you know, negotiate the price or things like that. So you are one of those roles that you're relying on that, you know, not a lot of the other roles do that other than tech and med tech, really like a net runner doesn't have to constantly like re up supplies to net run and a well, so they, other than bullets. Their programs destroyed, and, so. No, I know. Other than what they're specifically using to do that run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But like a med tech, um, I don't know. I feel like just like a tech, it's like it, it, it's all about that. There's almost nothing yeah. that they can do without having to use a supplier, do it or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, like like a program can get destroyed, is. but it's not guaranteed to get destroyed. Whereas a med tech, a tech that's when true. they do their thing, it's guaranteed that you're using those supplies. So like you're using up a cryo charge or yeah. Or yeah, so it's important. So I think that, yeah, that's so it's a good point you made about uh, being able to negotiate and shit like that. It's important. Mm. Someone points out that move is very good if you're a combat fo focus crew. Oh, that's, yeah, like you said, body. I didn't think of that, but like you said, you know, carrying, being able to pick, have a, have good body, so you can just pick up the the unconscious body and take them off the battlefield. But that too, a good move, so you can get the hell out of the battlefield before you get shot. You know, or get to <laughs> the person before they bleed out. You know, yeah. They, They've taken a sniper post and then take a bullet, and you've got to go up ten flights of stairs to get to them. You know, exactly. uh, you'll you'll want move. <laughs> yeah, and, and so yeah, and back to where uh, I didn't see who was mentioning Dex, but you know, all jokes aside, you know, you say Dex or Reflex to be able to choke out a patient and toss them in the cryo tank or whatever. Um, we did say like that might come into play if patients are being kind of crazy or unruly or dealing with a fucked up situation and whatever. But it's like a 
Sorry, that froze on me a second. Um, you were good to me, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, uh, um, you know, it also matters if you're, uh, you know, going to do a little bit of combat stuff. Because let's, let's not forget, in Cyberpunk, it doesn't matter what role you do, um, you're probably going to engage in some combat no matter what. Even a net runner, you know, you're in meat space while yep. you're in the net, you know, med tech, even while you're trying to heal somebody, they're still fighting around you and, like, you know, you're trying to get the guy off the battlefield or whatever. It's still cyberpunk. Even just going to get your supplies, you might get jumped by a booster gang or ripped off by the guy you're buying it from or, or crossed by the fixer for more money. It's cyberpunk. So I always if say... You're what was that? Sorry, and if you're a trauma team medic, you know, the person who, oh, you're in who put a bullet in your patient is still there. Exactly. <laughs> firing exactly. at your patient. So I feel like no matter what role in cyberpunk, I can always say, like, you know, focus on that, that tech, that will, that intelligence, whatever that makes sense to that role, right? But any role in cyberpunk can also have, you know, dex and reflex or, like, body or, I don't know, something to help them when it comes to combat. Whether it's your, you can take more hits, you can give more hits, you can dodge more hits, whatever it is, I feel like every role could have some type of angling for, to help them with combat. Even if it's just to survive it, as you say. <laughs> yeah, just being able to dodge, you know, just re I'm really good at evading, <laughs> you know, like, it, it's, yeah. it's helpful, it's cyberpunk, there's there's going to be battles, but um, but yeah, I think, uh, sure. yeah. yeah, I think those are kind of the best skills, and back to the intellect thing, like I mentioned earlier, but I do think deduction is important, I, I love when GMs incorporate yeah. deduction, because it's very diverse, it can be used in so many different ways, but especially with the medical sort of thing, it can kind of help you figure out what needs to be done, or, you know, to, to save a patient or someone. Um, Not to, to push my own stuff, but I did. Um, uh, so I started off the Animal Limb campaign with a um, with a sort of a cyber tech uh, crisis where people were having malfunctions. And when I designed that that set piece and that encounter, I had deduction rolls built in. Like, nice. and if you met this deduction, you would get these clues. If you met this deduction, you would get these clues. So it's a really cool thing to, to kind of pre-plan as a GM. It's like if, if deduction is used, this is these are the pieces of the narrative or the mystery that I can give out. And that can be really, really handy. So if you're building a uh, deduction and your GM works that way, it can, it can be really valuable points. Um, but but in terms of skills, you know, I, I think you know, uh, if you're building a Ripper doc, you're going to need to dump points in your, your cyber tech. Um, everyone's going to want, a lot of people are going to want to take paramedic. It's another kind of obvious one, but not completely necessary. Maybe you don't, you just do surgery. Maybe you aren't a paramedic, you know, you don't go out on the battlefield. You rely on having patients on the table in front of you and, you know, your points are spent elsewhere. That's totally a thing you can do. Um, and then people have mentioned in the chat already biology and chemistry, which are in your science under the science banner. You can do all sorts of things with that, whether it's researching viruses, bacteria, making new drugs or existing drugs. Excuse me. Oh, dear. Um, and, and we've mentioned a whole bunch of you know persuasion skills and and yeah. what someone Vlad in the chat is calling good bedside manner, right? Yeah, that can fall under all these empathy skills and, and stuff like that. Hey, if you are running a solo clinic, you might want business. Um, uh, and uh, if you get your supplies from the back door, you want, might want bribery. You might want library search if you, uh, you don't have education or vice versa. 
Um, there are loads of even cool, yeah, cool even bureaucracy could be worked in. Like if you're dealing with these right. these hospitals or medical centers to see kind of I don't know the ways to to grease palms and work your way in to get the supplies you need. So there's all kind of creative ways you can use these skills. I love Qu uh, Quincy too. I think when we were talking about um, have, having the, some of the combat skills or whatever, but kill then revive. That can be powerful actually. <laughs> like that's one of those corrupt things I was talking about. Like are you, you know, a, a honest upfront med tech or maybe you're a little corrupt. Maybe you do things to kind of leverage power and money and things like that. Killing just to revive, you know, and then hold them uh, under you you know, in the palm a, of your fucking exec. hand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you take out an exec, and then they wake up in your clinic, and you're like, well, I could replace your arms. Yeah, and then... Uh, uh, but what's worth? What was that? Oh, yeah, and Rue Shady, <laughs> and, and you get your friend Fixer to help you out and scout the market for some bargains. Remember, everyone operates under barter and loan if you have a big enough gun. It's, it, yeah, exactly, <laughs> if your gun is big enough. But yeah, that's my point. Like, I feel like no matter what, it's still cyberpunk. You know what I mean? So, like, even if things are yeah. cut and dry and you think it's black and white and perfect, whatever, like, at any moment, anything can fucking change at the drop of a hat because it is cyberpunk and corrupt and it's all about barter and loan. And, you know, especially in the time of red where things aren't just readily available, like we said, you know, it all does come down to money, hookups, and guns, you know? Yeah, not everyone can get you stuff for eddies. Sometimes you have to do favors. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And then having a nice, diverse skill set can really help you there. Um, and there are just there are tons of extra stuff you can you can drop in for flavor like depending on on where you think your your character grew up or, or where they've run in the past you know gamble is a great flavor skill that doesn't really depend on on any particular thing acting can be really great if you are sort of duplicitous and you run in different circles both kind of corporate and and edge runner or gang circles having an acting skills can really help you negotiate the different layers of social life in night city there's totally room for all sorts of, of kind of flavor choices for your skills which is i think one of the reasons the 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 um the skill set is so diverse you know oh, yeah. Um, and uh yeah uh, well, we're talking about calling people off the battlefield if that's your job get make sure you take athletics you don't want to like drop the person halfway that's across true. the parking lot under fire <laughs> yeah and I think when it comes to those skills too, like they are, you know, the nuances within them, you know, just, you know, the diversity and, and the, the way that you can use them really comes down to with, you know, how good you can, you know, what level of creative thinker are you, you know, whether GM or player, if you can think of angles to use these skills, you know, like a lot of these skills aren't just one sentence, this is exactly what you use it for, it kind of, I don't know, there's a lot of... Uh, agency within them you know i just i just had a, a great thought now right um, as we're chatting and i'm looking through the skills you take criminology and you're more of like a coroner forensic pathologist kind of uh forensic kind Ooh. of type where you you do you do like ballistics on people's bodies or like i love the coroner idea like that i love that it's coroner so cool, idea. right I just thought of it now, just looking through. Yeah, I've never, so never seen that or thought it. of that till you just said it. I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. Because that can lead to, like, the crime-solving shit, you know? Like, you're the guy that's mm. inspecting the bodies and figuring out how the fuck they died and in what corrupt way versus what the report says they died, you know? And they, Yeah, and they always make great characters in TV. The coroner's always, like, a bit wacky. Why are they always was... eating? That's right. right? It's like, show they don't... Give a shit. <laughs> it's like every movie, every TV show, they always have the fucking coroner eating and drinking like, oh, I've been here so long, I don't even care. You know? Every time. Every fucking time. 
I'd be love to have that. It's like you subvert it and you have you have it and like someone's in your in your in your morgue or whatever they're eating and you're like, what the hell are you doing, man? Yeah. <laughs> Stop eating. <laughs> so messed up. Um, but yeah, I think we covered everything. I mean, if there's any last minute questions from chat, plug them in there. We're watching chat. You know, we love you guys being part of it. Um, of all of our streams. As a, as, a little, as a little optimization, I would recommend not taking both first aid and paramedic. Um, I feel like pretty much everything that first aid does can be covered by paramedic wrong. So uh, save yourself a few points there. And, and if you're taking points in paramedic, maybe don't take so many in first aid beyond the first two. Yeah, I would definitely recommend that as well. Because um, once you well, have that, you don't need it. Where yeah, there's one of those few cases where there's a decent amount of overlap, uh, yeah. and 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 paramedic is is sort of an extension of first aid. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Paramedic can do anything first aid can do, and then some. So if you have that, you don't need first aid. You're you're 100 right. So that that is a great point to make as a player. Um, if you're a med tech, hell yeah, you know you get the, those two points in first aid. But if you're going to invest points after that, focus on paramedic over first aid. Most definitely, great point to make. Quincy's, Quincy's saying, like, uh, how funny it would be to find, go to a med tech and find out they're actually a, a, a veterinarian. <laughs> but, the, but fuck it, I can do it, I can do it. I can do it, don't worry about it, I got it. I yeah. worked on racehorses, it's pretty much the same thing. Same thing. Um, how would you handle uh, sequels question, from botched yeah. attempt at reanimation before succeeding? <laughs> okay. Not sure what you mean by that. Yeah, I'm trying to follow that. That's a that's a tricky question there, Quincy. You, I think you broke my brain. <laughs> dead is dead. Dead is dead in Cyberpunk. We don't reanimate, folks. Do we? Yeah, you can't... can't. But I know of. Yeah, handle sequel. Oh, I'm confused. And Quincy, you broke my brain with that question, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. And generally, if you, if you fail a roll, um, you need to change the circumstances to repeat said roll. Yeah, exactly. So you need some luck, or you need a complementary skill. So if you fail surgery, you might need to go do some reading, some education, a library search to look up that particular operation, or maybe have someone with good eyes do a perception check to guide you or something like that. It's exactly. a good way of, of uh, altering a role that you've failed. You have to change the circumstances in some way. Exactly, yeah, you can't just oh, keep... brain damage and stuff. Mm. Oh, yeah. Like bringing people back from really really debilitating injuries like brain damage uh i think you'd have to you'd have to be very careful about how you handle that sort of thing um medical science in cyberpunk isn't cyber, cyberpunk isn't isn't magic per se um i wonder if speed heal could could you know repair some brain injuries but maybe you have lasting consequences maybe it has some some ongoing negatives for a while until until you can get over it you can have some sort of um surgery or, or, or um, therapy maybe yeah and I think that's very GM heavy on that side like maybe it involves you know the psychiatrist side of things to help beyond the physical maybe it involves like like you said a, a certain skill um, accenting the the main skill or uh, role ability because it involves brain damage that goes beyond just the physical because it involves your brain you know mm. um, I think you know it's very GM GM heavy there. You can also have fun with it. Like, you know, brain damages could also come with weird things like now you can no longer, uh, uh, you know, turn left or you forgot the number three. Uh, you no longer see the, per the color purple. 
you know, like weird things happen when you have brain damage. So I think uh, yeah, very odd things can happen. Yeah. Alien hand syndrome, that sort of thing. Just do your research. Make sure you you portray that kind of thing sensitively, um, and and you kind of hit the tone that your players are expecting of you. Um, you know, and and check in. You know, maybe they have someone in their life who has an acquired brain injury or something like that. So you should always be sensitive to that. Sort oh, yeah. Of thing. Yeah, anytime with medical stuff, most definitely. That's why, it's, you know, session zeros are always important. But, um, but yeah, you don't cover everything there. So I think that's a great point Phil made. Yeah, when you start dabbling in some of this medical stuff, um, you know, it can get touchy. So, yeah, you, you definitely want to uh, be tactful, you know, when you hit some of these subjects. And maybe if you're going to go down a route that involves, uh, you know, major health issues or uh, mental issues like that, uh, maybe just double check with the play players before you get in there. That is a good point to make. Yeah. Um, you know, we did we did our last uh, roundtable was on safe play. So if you want a bit more of a discussion about how to handle that stuff in the run up and during a campaign, you can check that out. Yeah, check out uh, the GM roundtable on the Cyberpunk Uncensored YouTube. Uh, and yeah, we did a whole episode talking about safe play, session zero, all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, I think uh, give them that condition that makes sense having the same face <laughs> no don't do give them the condition that makes makes them see everyone having the same face so they have like a, what is it facial blindness or what is it called yes face face, blind, face <laughs> blindness yeah there's there's conditions that mean your vision unaffected but you can't recognize objects anymore is another one that can happen yeah and you literally have to piece together clues from the shapes of things you see to make to, to learn what objects are that's interesting but yeah these things require a bit of research to role play effectively yeah like I love the ideas. I think they, they can cause for like some deep plots and twists, and you can do fun mm. things with that as a GM and you know, make a player now can't do that, or you're thinking like this, and they got to figure it out. Like you said, piece things together. But again, like, I think, like Phil said earlier, you know, when you start dabbling in medical stuff and mental illness and things, like it can get a little close to home with people, can get touchy. And not just the players, but people watching too. So you do want to be kind of careful with, with some real-life big-time ish, issues like that. It can... Yeah, it can be fucked up. <laughs> yeah, start with a temp, uh, temporary mental condition to feel out the player. Oh, that's not a bad idea too. Like you know, if you don't have time, well, to I don't know. I don't know if I out. agree with that. I, I I would say don't feel out your players. I would say be upfront. I, no, I think you're gonna yeah, I think yeah. what he's saying there though is like you know if you're if you're in the moment of it maybe you know like yeah. don't dive into yeah. it. Um, yeah, if you don't have time to talk and really fill it out in a session zero or to recap before, like, hey, this is kind of the direction we're going, I have this going, I just want to make sure everyone's cool with this and that. Like, if you don't have that time, you're in it, full player agency draws you over here, and it's like, fuck, okay, well, I guess I'm dealing with this now. And like, oh, this makes sense. Yeah, maybe if it's involving some of that mental illnesses, big medical issues, don't dive right into it. If you didn't have time to talk to them, maybe you just lightly mention an idea of that, gauge the reaction, or maybe you just stay on that light mention and you don't go deep on it all until you get a chance to talk to everybody. Um, whatever you do, yeah, I, I think th definitely it's important to play it safe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and <laughs> you're clarifying here, it's you know about you know a certain fear that a character has. You know that's something that can be dealt with. Everyone kind of understands having a particular phobia or, or a fear or a hang up. And you can have things like concussions, which don't necessarily have long-lasting impact, but might have a temporary impact that you can you can then get over as a character. But it's a way of feeling out how you deal with mental disturbances like that. That's so, true. As we've said, you know, there's there's a potential to explore the trauma and the mental aspect of living in this dark future, this dangerous, gritty future that everything's uncertain, and it's a really great angle to play. It certainly, is a super great angle to play, but just needs that sensitivity. 
Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, I think we did pretty good on a, on a med tech deep dive here. Uh, yeah, pay attention to your PCs. Um, if they casually sense. mention they have bipolar disorder, talk to them about what they are okay with. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. No, most definitely. I think you know that's why it's important that whole session zero. And um, and like Phil brought up a great point. Check out that GM round table we just had last month. Um, we talk about all that sort of stuff. But um, you now can hear the voice of God. Just kidding. Looks like your internal re recording implant is now receiving some radio bandwidths, and specifically the pirate <laughs> radio your character hates. That's funny. <laughs> so see, you can have, you can have a lighthearted angle on that, and not touch too serious yeah. on on true mental illness. Like, yeah, you think it's a voice or mental illness, but really, actually, it's a malfunctioning thing. And now you're getting this shitty pirate radio <laughs> station blaring in your head twenty four seven. Um, yeah, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven girl says, "Hey, Cyberpunk uncensored, hey back at you." <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Um, there's a question. There's a question I want to highlight here, which is when is yeah. Phil going to guest play on a one shot? Let's see. Oh yeah, I saw Renegade put that there. Yeah, Renegade. Uh, he's in, that's our our monthly ongoing one shot where we had Sprocket's origin story. Yeah, you have to come play sometime. I would love to. I would absolutely love to. Um, which is why I highlighted that. <laughs> oh yeah. I love to be a player playing in John John's game. As I said, so. Um, uh, uh, while we kind of wrap up, I am playing a med tech at the moment who's a bit of different. She's a she's a seventy two year old grandma of one of the other characters, um, and she's sort of uh, gotten into m medical stuff later in life, where she's just like she's done everything, and now she just she just wants to help out, right? Um, so she has a bunch of other combat skills. She can fire a shotgun, um, that sort of thing. And she's just, she's just a bit of everything. She's got a bit of surgery. She's got a bit of um, she's got a bit of cryo systems and pharmaceuticals. So she's a really distributed kind of like I've lived a storied life. And this is just the latest thing that I'm getting into at the moment is 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 patching people up. So that's that's where I'm going with her. I, I really I really enjoy being being a no nonsense um, grandma healer. That's been really I think good. it's fun too that you decided to make a character that's in her 70s or whatever. You know, really low body stat. You know, yeah, yeah, you know, super low body stat, elderly, senior citizen, you know, um, but in it, I think that's really fun. I love when, um, you know, players come up with characters with just interesting personality quirks or traits or things about them that just make them like extremely interesting. Not just like everyone's diverse, everyone's interesting, but going like that extreme with it. That's a lot of fun. That's really cool. Um, yeah, I think that's hey, awesome. And if you, if you, if you take enough pharmaceuticals you know you can still get out there in combat at 72 oh, yeah. years old you know hell yeah <laughs> she's, she's lived a life just she's picture that though you know like how crazy look, yeah. looking that would be you know you're walking <laughs> on night city and you're fighting and like there's a 72 year old woman coming out with like a shotgun and shit like oh shit yeah <laughs> that's awesome like old nomad jacket and, and yeah. scrubs underneath so yeah uh, but yeah we got to get you uh uh i like renegade suggestion and we'll talk sometime here i know you know, we're all busy. We all have, you know, I've got multiple series and gameplays and things I'm doing. You're running numerous games and now playing, plus, you know, with the, the uh, RTG Sirenscape ongoing and stuff. But let's talk sometime after this, and we'll try to work it out. Uh, you know, obviously, won't be tomorrow or that soon, but maybe sometime in the near future, let's work that out and get you, uh, get you at least, see. yeah, coming in, in, in one of the one-shots or the ongoing something, at least to come make a cameo, uh, bring a character over or make a new one, whatever. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, and also, and also, I know you know you guys cycle into different games and roll to cast. 
Um, if you're fully diving back into Cyberpunk Red, keep me in mind to come and, and rock a player or an oh, NPC. Cool, man. Um, that's something I'm trying to trade with other GMs too, Love like to. me and Wandering DM did a little trade. Um, but even just like a little NPC thing I think would be fun. Um, if all of us GMs, yeah. yeah, we just cross over a little once in a while, like just, just spot in, play an NPC, give a mission, fuck with my players, dip out. I don't know, just fun shit like that I think would be interesting. Well, we're loving continuing the story of Heaven at the moment. That's something I want to keep doing is, is a have a be a central hub and a, a kind of ongoing story for these characters we've started. So I'm definitely continuing, planning to continue that story even after John John's wraps up. So I'm definitely, definitely hook you up with a, with a guest spot. It'd be super awesome. I love the community that's growing is rapidly expanding right now. RTG are dropping these amazing resources and expansions and DLCs. We've got, they're talking about Black Chrome already. Um, Black Chrome, I'm Rust sure, is going to have tons mentioned. of stuff for the medtech, man. It's going to have, you know, you, you can already have, like, we haven't even touched on, like, gear and stuff today in the deep dive, whether you have a medical scanner, whether you have, like, micro optics to help you with surgery, stuff like that. Um, uh, if you're an ambulance chaser where you have a radio in your head. So That's you, so true. You Police know, scanner and you, shit. You yeah. and your boys on the meat wagon can get there before <laughs> anyone else can, you know. Um, there's there's tons of good stuff there, and I'm sure Black Chrome will have you know arm surgery or like extra surgery bots for your, for your shoulders or or whatever or, or drones that you can you can do remote surgery with. That'd be rad. Oh yeah. Um, and there's another one as well they announced the recent thing. I can't remember what the other Rust was. Chrome. Rust Chrome. Yeah. Yeah, they're coming out with a, a Rust Chrome. I think it's going to be more about transport, more about nomads and sourcing yep. things and transport. And then they also mentioned the Just, whole high. Uh, High Riders uh, book. High Riders and stuff They're as doing well. that yeah, as well. Yeah. So it's just a great time to be oh, yeah. to be getting into the stuff. And loads of games out there for you to, to watch and play. Rob's games are awesome and, and really great about welcoming people from all over the community to play in little pieces. John John's oh, doing yeah. some awesome stuff, some great resource videos as well. So just, just a yeah, I wanted good, to, uh, good time to be playing. Yeah, when we're speaking of resources, I want to mention uh, not just, you know, uh, Cyberpunk Uncensored on YouTube. Um, for Cyberpunk Red, I think we have probably the most uh, tutorial and crash course videos of any other Cyberpunk yeah. Red resource, as well as more gameplay videos than any other resource specifically to Cyberpunk Red. Um, if you look, it's not just me, but I should, like Phil just said, we showcase other GMs as well, as well as 2020 gameplay even um, from some of our GMs under the Cyberpunk Uncensored brand. But when it comes to resources, I almost forgot to mention, uh, today officially we launched our, our Scream Sheet publication. So now, if you go to cyberpunkuncensored.com, you're going to see a bunch of resources. We have fillable character sheets, NPC sheets, cyberdeck sheets, uh, program sheets, all fillable, uh, the GM report card. I mean, there's like 50 different resource things. I'm forgetting all of them, whatever. You'll see them. Go there, cyberpunkuncensored.com. But we just started the whole Scream Sheet project. So now we're producing these screen sheets based under the IMG brand, which is a company, a Neocorp I created in, in my uh, one-shot ongoing. It's the Indie Media Group. Uh, they're basically the main uh, Neocorp competitor to N54. Um, they're a little bit corrupt if you watch the one-shot, but they do what they do. But that's what, that's what these one-shots are kind of coming from. Uh, we have submissions from GMs and people, so players, GMs out there, Go to the site, check out the Scream Sheet page. You'll see the submission, the whole process. You'll see the link to all the Scream Sheets that we have available now. There's a couple of them already there. There's a novelty, David Noir one, one of the players in our ongoing uh, monthly one-shots, and um, and then the official first issue. And we're going to be kicking those out I regularly. Some, I have some ideas. I have some ideas 
expect to see some stuff out of me. Well, that'd be awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah, and, and also yeah, yeah. GMs out there too, especially like streaming GMs and such. Like if you have, um, you know, specific campaigns you've mapped out upcoming and you want to toss us some of those little articles or info, we can throw together one of these official IMG, IMG screen sheets for you. And you can, you know, we'll put it out publicly. It'll get some exposure for what you're doing and for the general lore that you're creating. But then you can pull that into your game and give it to your players and have it official, you know. I'm pretty excited very, about that. Yeah, and PWB is the, the one of our main partners that are heading it up here in chat, uh, Pat, who also goes by Ferris Bueller in the Cyberpunk Uncensored Discord. So, yeah, everyone Bueller. check that out. Just wanted to mention that. Uh, Kira says that they have their medtech is built with internal agent and Chiron, which is the uh, in-I display um, linked to their team's biomonitor so they can track vitals That's in awesome. time on the battlefield. Very cool build. Uh, very cool build with the Cybertech there. Great, great lateral thinking of like how to integrate your role with your Cybertech choices. Oh, and that's such a great thing too because think of how many times you play and like, you know, if like you said, the solo's on the roof, like Kira just said, and maybe the team's over here breaking in, and, and something happens, and you're like, well, would they know that? Well, yeah, no, I would message that team. Well, I say that to the agent. Oh, I overheard that. or And, like, right there, you just kind of, I don't know, solve that problem and streamline in the sense that all the vitals are coming into your your uh, Chiron, and you can easily just uh, tell immediately, like, whoa, the solo on the roof just got injured. Someone get up there, stat, you know? What a great your way to... Your internal agent thing. I'm afraid yeah. you're, you're solo. I don't know why all my agents are British, but I just think of them as butlers. But it's, I do too. That's <laughs> funny. I like that you do that. <laughs> I make my players like um, characterize them as much as possible as well, which is always really good fun. Um, but yeah, the idea of a, 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 a British butler telling you your solo is just taking one in the neck is just yeah. <laughs> Pardon me, sir. Um, yeah, and, uh, you just be bleeding everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's so proper with the with the crazy gore <laughs> talk, you know. It's funny. Uh, yeah, and Val, my my beautiful wife Val Mulligan, who plays Raven, said, "Great information. Back to work by everyone. Yeah, get back to work. Don't get fired. You're you're, you're getting in this, and you're, you're you should be working. What Watching the hell are you?" Does yeah, anyone have any more like specific questions? Yeah, any other questions? Get them in now while we're here. Uh, we're wrapping this up. And yeah, PWB saying Ferris Bueller. There you can see the name. Look them up. Anybody interested in joining our Scream Sheet project? Whether you want to contribute fake ads, news stories, articles, you have a request, you need something, whatever. Uh, Cyberpunk Uncensored Discord. Look for myself or Ferris Bueller. He's leading up that project. Um, and then also, I know we're not talking media today, but the media landscape is really interesting in red. So it's really cool place oh, to yeah. get in if you just want to do law stuff exactly um and then uh, i do want to mention to everybody too i know we've we we talked about different ways that you can uh you know find all my resources cyberpunk uncensored all the things i have going on obviously and then phil uh with roll to cast and baby beard media and all the the gameplay and things that they're doing in crossovers um just to be clear anybody watching i'm gonna put links in the description so when this is done uh you'll see the vod version that we're going to be promoting um, just check out the description and you'll see all the links to roll the cast and stuff so you can go check out everything phil has going on as well as um like you mentioned our our uh, sirenscape sponsor is doing that official art Housewarian games weekly gameplay uh with phil as the official gm so i'll put the link uh, to that as well so everyone can tune in yes yeah, three three of my episodes about to go live yeah. so we're getting towards the end um so it's, things are hotting up there. That's really good. Um, the Rollercast is is uh, is an audio only. It's it's like an, a radio drama kind of style with with music and transitions and, and sound effects and stuff. So it's it's a kind of like a focus style like inside those games. Uh, and and um, yeah, if you want to find it, it's on all the 
all the good places you can find it on spotify itunes wherever you get your podcasts you can find it so it's roll to cast r-o-l-e rather than r-o-l-l uh, so r-o-l-e to cast um and yeah we 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 love people to to come and see what we're doing with that. We're super proud of it. As we say, we play a different game every season. Um, Subprint Red's been one of our absolute favourite things to do. Obviously, we're you know I'm still making Subprint Red content. It was, it was it was such a good time to do. But if you want to discover sort of uh, some RPGs you might not have played or heard before, really good to drop in. Or maybe they'll do you know I'll listen to the Vampire season. At the moment we're doing Pop Cthulhu, which is very very silly. Lots of dumb accents. And then we're doing like uh, kids on bikes coming up as well, which is going to be a lot of fun playing some Aussie kids in rural Australia in the 70s. So it's going to be a bit of Australiana there as well. And you know, we want to we, we we change our storyteller around as well, focus on who tells the best story in each circumstance. So there's a lot of fun to be had in, in kind of different styles of RPGs. So we like to give people that variety. And it, you know, if you want to come into the community and and you know talk about ideas you have and things you want to see more of, we're totally welcome to, to have you there as well. Um, it's all under the banner of Baby Beard Media. If you want to search that up, we, we do let's play content and stuff as well. So we'd love to have more people in the community. We, 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 we're really happy with the with the people who popped up so far. They've all been super awesome. Yeah, yeah and you guys do awesome. I Thanks really love uh, the gameplay. You know, I, I've, that's how I first learned about you. You know, like when we first met, I was already watching uh, your gameplays and listening to them. Actually, your podcast while I work out and shit. Yeah, really. I really enjoy it. Um, cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, and I love what you're doing with the Sirenscape stuff too. It's it's uh, entertaining. Um, yeah, it's really fun to do such a, a role play heavy game, which is which is I, I love combat. I love the combat in Red. It's very destructive and very and very explosive. Um, but it's really fun to have these four awesome, really strong role players and see where mm. they take the world. Um, so much fun. Hell yeah. Yeah, and I want to uh, remind everyone too, um, second Saturday of every month we do the GM Roundtable. That's coming up here on the 13th, I believe. Um, so make that a plan. Tune in. We do the GM Roundtable and we usually cover you know great subjects that can help game masters and players alike, but it's also entertaining. We have... You know, different sections to the episode. So, yeah, we dive into the main topic at hand, but we also talk about shit we have going on. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll engage with the chat and kind of have like a Chumba chat uh, section as well. It's a lot of fun. Um, and this this uh, next GM Roundtable on the 13th, uh, we have a couple special guests. I believe uh, James Hutt and Jay Gray are going to be joining us, Phil. Ooh, yeah. Um, I just confirmed that like uh, the other day in email. I didn't even get a chance to message you about that yet, but... There's the announcement. They're both super awesome. They're great. I've had chats. Jay, Jay is amazing. Had lots of, of chats with him. He, he's been part of the opportunities I've had inside Punk Red and, and getting the early rules and stuff. He's just such such a good ambassador for the game and the company. Um, and and James Hub, uh, balancing genius. He's he's the he's the guy behind the nitty gritty of of how Red goes together mechanically. Um, and so that'd be super amazing to have them to chat to. Um, be interested to see what topic we we have I was, with those guys. Yeah, I was just gonna say too because Quincy, you know, Renegade in chat said awesome. Quincy said, "Oh, that's gonna be Prems," and I was just, that just made me think. And as you were talking, I was like, "God damn, we need to pick a really good subject to talk about." And yeah. I was I was almost debating like, man, if we come up with like a couple subjects and trail back on some of the other shit we normally do, just to put more time into getting to really talk the meat and potatoes yeah. with these guys, you know. Yeah, I think so. I I'm think also so. open uh, chat if you guys want to message either me or Phil, whether it's on Twitter, Facebook, Discord, 
Look up Baby Beard Media, Cyberpunk Uncensored. Um, hit us up if you, you know, anybody watching this, if you have ideas for subjects you want the GM Roundtable to cover, um, since we're going to have Jay Gray and James Hutt there, that'd be great. Um, yeah, and on the 13th, uh, we usually do it, I, I want to say we do the GM Roundtable at 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. I think that's when we typically do it. Um, but yeah, anybody that has uh, requests for subjects for us to cover with that, hit us up anytime. But yeah, that being said, I think we rocked the hell out of the med tech today. I had a good time. Cool. Yeah, I certainly did. Yeah, and I got a bunch of new ideas for, for yeah. med tech and season characters. So. Me too. Totally. Um, yeah, and hopefully everybody in chat found it useful as well. Uh, you know, if you did, follow. Follow Cyberpunk Uncensored on Twitch. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Give this video a like. Give it a share if you're watching this right now and you, and you like it. Hell, even if you don't like it, give it a like and a share anyways. Fuck it, you know? Um... Other than that, thanks so much for joining me, Phil. You know, I, I love having you on any of the series and things I do. Um, I look forward to talking to you sometime soon about some gameplay crossover. I think that'll be really fun. Um, that'd be super rad. No, it's my pleasure, man. Thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, oh, and Renegade says, say hello to Ellen. So make sure you tell her hi from Renegade. Yay, we'll do it. <laughs> we'll do it. Hell yeah. Yeah, and everybody in chat, thanks so much for tuning in. I appreciate, you know, all the series that we do at Cyberpunk Uncensored. I always try to refer to chat, whether gameplay, series, whatever. And, um, and man, y'all always jump in there and contribute a lot of great ideas and questions and things. I can't thank you enough, seriously. Um, you make the community what it is. It, it, you know, you, you keep putting fuel on the fire, and I love it. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, that being said, we're going to wrap this up. Thanks so much, Phil, for joining, everybody for tuning in. Again, I'm going to drop links in the description uh, when we VOD this so you can find Phil, myself, all the shit that we talked about. And, um, and yeah, any final words before I kill the transmission? No, man. Uh, stay preem, folks. Uh, awesome. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye.